That was the engine of the military transport vehicle that brought Chiefs punter Dustin Colquitt, the driver, kicker Harrison Butker, and long snapper James Winchester to Chiefs camp on Friday. Sports Beat KC, the sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star, is in St. Joseph, along with the Chiefs. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. On today's episode, you'll hear from Chiefs President Mark Donovan on the future of training camp on the campus of Missouri Western State University. Also, tight end Travis Kelsey, who surprised us with some details about his ankle injury. We chat Chiefs with the stars Brooke Pryor and Vahe Gregorian. They say the training camp doesn't start until the heavy expanded mobility tactical truck arrives. And the Hemet did today at Missouri Western State University. It was one of the many grand entrances that we saw at, uh, at Chiefs camp. It's Friday. The veterans reported. We had some fun today watching the, the Chiefs roll, literally roll into camp. We were wondering uh, about some of the legalities of some of this with mm. the sirens being used and, and things of that nature, things that made you wonder what resources were being uh, called on. Um, but it was campus police, right? But it was campus police, I right. mean, what else are they doing at and summer school? In fact, campus police was being used to escort a vehicle that is not road legal. Not, yeah, that's right. Uh, Anthony Sherman rolled in in Clint Boyer's, I think he said it was a show car, so it wasn't the race car that he's going to drive on Sunday. At Pocono. At Pocono. Oh, good to know. Glad, glad you researched that. Sleuthing. I, I do know that races are run on Sundays. I used to watch them with my dad all the time. But anyway, he showed up in that. And the best part was that he was in a Chiefs fire suit. And not just the fire suit itself, but a sleeveless fire suit. Question of the day from Brooke Pryor. <laughs> and it was in your phrasing. I, I don't remember exactly I, I think I asked... Fire suits usually have sleeves. Did you customize this one? And he said, yes, it was shipped to me with sleeves, and I cut him off because it was going to be hot. So he didn't want to be too hot. From where you guys were standing, you, you saw the, 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 the number 14 Mustang roll in uh, to the parking lot, but I think you were probably blocked from him getting out of the car. He got out of the car the way a NASCAR guy does. The door didn't open. He, he Pulled him out the window. I wish you would have pulled a Casey Kane, though, and done a backflip off the top of the car. Like, that's what I'm really here for, but... Well, maybe he's saving that sort of thing for next year when, when oh, evidently he's going to parachute in and do, do some, you know... He's going to have to keep raising his game. And, that's and true. I guess Mahomes challenged him on that on, on Twitter. Yeah. Well, the hot air balloon has already been done. Antonio Brown <laughs> uh, apparently hot air ballooned into the Oakland Raiders camp today, so... Uh, so it's, it's, it's become a, you know, a one-upsmanship game. Am, am I wrong? This is, seems to be the first year that this is, I mean, Jalen Ramsey showing up in, either, in the Brinks, the Brinks truck. The Brinks truck. I, 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 that seems like another level on just like what you're wearing. Yeah, yeah, because it used to be what you're wearing. And then I think in the past, didn't like Juju Smith-Schuster report on a bike, like, like a riding a bike, or maybe he just rode the bike to and from the training facility. It used to be cool. Or not cool, but it used to be newsworthy when guys would show up in, like, a minivan. Like, I think Gio Bernard was driving a minivan for a while um, after he got drafted by the Bengals. So it used to be cool to, like, you know, roll up or newsworthy to roll up in something old. And now it's bigger, better, faster, stronger, whatever. Well, and I, I thought uh, until we saw the Clint Boyer car and then the, uh, the Hemet 
that the, the funniest thing that happened today was watching uh, Taran Matthew make two trips to, <laughs> to the dorm. I've never identified with a player more. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> oh, and the flip side of that, as Blair put it, is I've never seen a player make two trips before uh, with, for his stuff. See, I think that they all have more stuff than they show us when they walk in. Because you can't, how do you pack for a month in a book bag? And like today, Andrew Wiley had a book bag and then one of the smaller Louis Vuitton duffels. And I was like, my man, like you have big clothes. That takes up more space than that. So part of me wonders if they have more stuff in the car and they just don't want to get it all out yet. Actually, Andrew Wiley did make two trips because he came back out. I think it was Andrew Wiley with a mattress pad. For his bed, okay. so which I assumed had his backup alarm clock in there. Yes. Wasn't he talking about? Should we should we tell our audience about the significance of that? But he said he. Why did he say that he needs that it? Mitchell Schwartz made a point of saying that's one thing you have to have is the backup alarm clock uh. because obviously uh, you could be late to practice if if not. That was how I understood it. Maybe there's some other compelling reason, but. Well, so uh, so it was amusing and entertaining to watch the, the players uh, arrive today. But one player who kind of snuck in, uh, and somewhat unexpectedly, was Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. That was the news of the day here, the real news of the day at Chiefs camp. Chris Jones is in camp. I assume he's going to be in pads and practicing tomorrow with uh, with the Chiefs, the first uh, practice for workout for, for veterans, and, and he's here. So one of the, I guess, a story that could have lingered into training camp, the absence of Chris Jones, and a story that we've talked about for for months is, mm-hmm. um, uh, I guess the last, you know, the last chapter of this is to to talk to Chris Jones at, at, a, at a media availability, and I'm sure he will be entertaining as usual uh, to talk about his, you know, what he did the, over the summer. But um, Chris Jones is here, and this team is complete, is it not? I it's mean, complete and it's healthy. I mean. You look at the the guys that reported early this year, the the injured vets, Travis Kelsey was the most significant of them, uh, and he practiced fine and, and looked healthy. Cam Irving was also out there, but there's not a guy like a Spencer Ware um, who comes into camp injured or still recovering from something. Um, and like you were saying, Chris Jones being here is huge. It's especially significant that he's here given that he doesn't have the new contract yet. So I think he also... I would guess his agents looked at some of the numbers like, man, if we don't get this contract, the amount that you're going to be fined is significant. This is not peanuts. You know, this would take a big chunk out of what you're set to make this year. And from my understanding, I think Sam Mellinger wrote about this earlier this summer. The team, I believe, wants to give Chris Jones guarantees in the range of like 42 to 46 million. Which, he, which is basically, you know, um, the franchise tag right. money over the, over the next two years. Right. They, they, they have the ability to franchise tag. Right, that. exactly. But he wants something closer to, I think, what Frank Clark got, which was what's in the 60 million? 63, I think 63 million, million guaranteed if it's 105, whatever right. it was, million dollar contract. Right, and it's my understanding they're still pretty far apart in those numbers, so he may not end up getting the extension this year. And in which case, he would kind of go through this year like Frank Clark went through last year in Seattle, where he, you know, puts together a strong season and then either the Chiefs will pay him that money or he'll go somewhere else and get Frank Clark money at a team that can really afford to pay him that isn't also trying to, you know, pay set records with how much they're paying the quarterback. The one thing that came out of this for me is that, uh, that I wouldn't want to play poker with Brett Veach, who we saw about three or four minutes before uh, we came to an understanding this was happening and was 
really enjoying pointing out that uh, Anthony Sherman was about to arrive. Um, you know, boy, look at this. Check this out. And uh, he kind of ran a draw play on us. He did. A little, little misdirection yeah. uh, from, from Brett Veach. Uh, salute, <laughs> yeah, my no. friend. Uh, good, good job. You're right. It was literally minutes before the news started to circulate that Chris Jones was a town that we that Brett walked by and, and as you said, pointed out that, uh, you know, that, that Sherman was about to make an incredible entrance. So, you know. And he delivered. He did. Absolutely delivered. Um, so we'll see in the, um, you know, in the next few days to what extent not being part of uh, OTAs and minicamp had an impact on Chris Jones. Look, he's, he's a three-year guy. He's, gotten, he's improved each season. He was terrific at times last year, 15 and a half, 16 sacks, whatever it is. Um, third, third in the NFL. So now the question becomes, Brooke, you alluded to it. Sam's written about it. Should the Chiefs pay him the type of money that would make him one of the top, I don't know, three, four guys at his position in the NFL? Is he worthy of that, Of that, especially with, uh, you know, there's still the Tyreek Hill contract that has to be considered. He's, at this, he's in the same place in terms of his service time. The Patrick Mahomes deal has to be um, has to be considered. Uh, you know, the Chiefs want to get something done there. Will will, will this happen? Will, will the deal happen? Point, you know, point A there is it, it can't be in a vacuum, right? It's all these right. different things in in flux and motion. And because I was so, going to say in a vacuum, yes, but oh, like you say, it can't be in a vacuum. Yeah, and and interesting that we both thought about vacuums. Thought about vacuums. It's um, probably because I need to vacuum my house. <laughs> So it's interesting in itself, but but let me turn it back one one notch. You know, I'm thinking more about the here and now, right now. I mean, I do I do think obviously this calls for thinking about the long term implications. But what what does it say about how they go into camp in this year uh, of all years that we might feel the sense of anticipation of a Super Bowl prospect maybe as strongly as we have in 50 years, or at least with most legitimate reasons to after how close it was last year so to me it makes you at least feel like on the surface there's some harmony there's some some structure there's some continuity um all things you want in place not that you can't win without um dissension in the ranks i think you probably can but i think if if you're drawing up the ideal scenario you have this box checked i think that's a good point it's like every everything's in place now Mm -hmm. um you know, there, there's still the matter of um, of reconciling feelings about Tyreek Hill. Right. But Chris Jones is here. Tyreek Hill is here. Two vital pieces to to the Chiefs, and and everybody's healthy, including Travis Kelsey, the, the, who we saw this week, and we'll talk about a little bit later. The other news, and I don't I don't know if we if it qualifies as news. Uh, it was presented at a news conference. Mm-hmm. At uh, the annual Mark Donovan and, and St. Joe and Missouri Western officials uh, have have a you know kind of a grip and grin, a meet and greet uh, to to kick off training camp. And let's let's hear from Mark Mark Donovan, Chiefs President, about what he had to say about the future of the training camp site here at Missouri Western uh, State University. Um, so a lot of factors go into it. Um, I mentioned when I answered the question about why we do this. Um, that matters to us. Um, somebody would have to create a similar environment that allows that to build. Um, they're out there and they've expressed interest. We'll see. 
Um, it's part of my job to take all the information in, do the due diligence, make the best decision for the organization. Um, my dad was a really big boxing fan. And he always used to tell me that you've got to beat the champ, you can't tie the champ. So I think somebody's going to come in here and overwhelm us, um, take it away from St. Joe. We've had a great relationship here, but those things happen in business, so we'll see what happens. And that was Mark Donovan, Chiefs President. Uh, and, Brooke, that was your question that he was responding to about uh, the, the future of Chiefs Camp here. And this is your, only your second one. It's been 10 for the Chiefs here mm-hmm. in St. Joe after... Uh, after a de- more than a decade up in up in Wisconsin, but you know this area, this is sir. I think this site has served the Chiefs well. And Donovan said earlier, Andy Reid seems to like you know likes it here. Mm-hmm. Brett Veach likes it here. It's comfortable and it's efficient. Were the two things that he pointed out as, some, as being one of the reasons that they like being here so much. I'm trying to come up with downsides for. I don't think they would. I would think the idea of moving to, to Arrowhead. Would probably be would top the idea of moving it to another similar size city or or community. I the the trend in the NFL is to move training camps back to the teams' facilities. Mm-hmm. I think the number is 22 of the 32 NFL teams practice now at their own you know stadium, their own training facility, and Chiefs are one of 10 that don't. So um, I don't think I just don't get a sense it's going to be a bidding war among cities in Missouri and Kansas for Chiefs training camp. I think it's going to be St. Joe or or Arrowhead. But to me, the issue with it going to Arrowhead and the Chiefs practice facility is that the practice facility is not fan friendly. It absolutely that it, is absolutely right. Right, it fills up quickly when you even have the the season ticket member or season ticket holder day um, during was it mini camp I believe. Mm-hmm. The organization talks a lot about liking having it here because the fans can come out. And a lot of other teams around the league have talked about how important it is to be able to have fans to come to training camp, keeping it open, because it gives an opportunity to fans who aren't able to overcome the logistics of getting to a game on Sunday. They can come out to practice in training camp during July and August and see the team then. And I think if the Chiefs chose to move it back to Arrowhead, back to the training facility, that would be a big disservice to fans as opposed to moving it to another small university in this area or going out of state. I mean, I would think that fans would be happier if, you know, they pulled like a Cowboys and went to Oxnard or went to somewhere else. Because as Mark Donovan said, the kingdom is large, so there's Chiefs fans everywhere. But I I don't know how they would fan logistics figure it out at the practice facility. They'd, I would think, have to sell tickets, something like what the Browns do. They're only $5 a ticket, and they charge admission here sometimes. But the capacity is much greater with the grassy hill, the grandstands. There's not much room to sit uh, out on at the practice field in Kansas City. No, no, you're absolutely right. That the, the the fan accommodation is what would have to change. You'd have to create that at uh, at the practice facilities where the twin fields are. But they do have the fields and the indoor practice. They could go inside at, at Arrowhead if they if they needed to. But I don't know, Vahi. You've been coming up here for several years now. It just—I don't know. It seems to work. It—it it, it does seem to work. And, and the thing that's interesting—I don't know how you measure this as as success or not exactly. But I think they're getting the energy they want out of it from their fan base. Certainly, the exposure they're hoping for. Does it really lead to you know more success on the field? Does, does it not lead to more success on the field? I—I I don't know how to answer that. But one way or another. 
Andy seems very comfortable, I think was one of the points that's been made. And I, I guess, I can't remember how far Bethlehem is from Philadelphia, but I think the Eagles were up in Bethlehem after they were in Widener. Widener was really close, but Bethlehem's probably about an hour, hour and a half, just guessing. Seems like there's a reason for that commonality with Andy. Um, yeah, maybe. Although this had already started before Andy got here, right? But, but he continued it. But he continued you know? it. And somehow the, the notion of being a little away feels right to them. Mm-hmm. And the, the team building, the camaraderie, they seem to think this is more conducive to building that more, right? So well, as Mark you go with said, what you like. You eat together, you practice together, you sleep together. Yeah, you sleep together. <laughs> It's, do they, you know? I, they had no idea at training camp. Are they in double beds? Is it, it, it really that uh, that uh, Spartan here? I would like to get just a just it's a tour, right? Just one one room, a one room tour, to see, you know. You know, I think we should go into uh, Tyron Matthew and yeah, they're I know they're sweet style because okay. last year. Uh, Chris Conley said that he and Sammy Watkins would talk and he would like come through the bathroom and talk with him through there. So okay. I don't know if like they have if they're still roommates or just sweet mates. But Tyron Matthew tweeted yesterday and like my favorite tweet ever, he said <laughs> he said, I'm gonna be roommates with Dan Sorensen. I know I'm not gonna have to worry about any room checks this year. <laughs> Man, what are you trying to say? Dan Sorensen can still have a good time. Dirty Dan. Uh, from BYU. From uh, BYU. Uh, so. Well, you know. Dirty Dan. So he so. would know how to hide the stuff in the dorm room. So even if they did do a room check, he'd still be fine. I see how your mind works. Seems I was like recently in he college. He went to BYU, so he would know how to hide the stuff in the dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, seems like a good time to take a break. <laughs> so let's do that. And when we come back, we will hear from Travis Kelsey, who met the media earlier this week and, uh, and I thought was pretty revealing. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that, we just did. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. Thank you for listening. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Man, it's, uh, it's just good to get a sweat, take the visor off, put a helmet on, get out there and start running around. You know, you, as a as the role that I had in the offseason, being a player coach, it's, um, it's a lot easier to be on the field sh- leading by example than it is to just talk about it, you know? And, uh, and it doesn't matter how much credibility you got on your, on your resume or what you've done in the past until you go out there and you really go through the motions, you show the effort, you show the, uh, the excitement to be out there with the guys. It's just never the same. So today was a, it was a good day to get out there. Um, it helped my tan real good. Got a real good tan. Uh, I already feel like this team has unbelievable chemistry. 
so, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we went on a trip like that was because we're all so close and we all just wanted to enjoy um, some time somewhere else instead of only enjoying it in the in the building. So I think, uh, yeah, it, it helps in a, in, a, in a way, but at the same time, um, the chemistry is always, you know, solid and uh, and we're always working forward from there. So. D. Harris, we're going to miss him. I mean, he was, a, he was a hell of a player. We're going to need some guys to step up. But at the same time, you know, we have unbelievable players here. They're, they're Coach Veach, or Coach Veach. <laughs> Veach and Coach Reed have, got, have done an unbelievable job of bringing guys in uh, that, are, that are ready to play, that are able to, to fill that void. So I think we'll be just fine. It was nothing that, that I was doing. It was just kind of the fortune of, I, over the course of my career, I had rolled my ankle so many times that the ligaments and the joint in there was kind of stretched out and loosened up. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't allowed to run for about three months, so that was that was pretty difficult. That was the hardest thing uh, was to, to get through that soreness of getting the and it's, I'm still getting through the soreness of the fatigue and all that stuff. But um, just building the muscles back to what they used to be uh, now that the ankles as stable uh, as it needs to. Patrick, um, you can't forget Pat. Yeah. Can't forget Pat. I think he's in tip top shape. I mean the guy is. He's, he's a heavy dude. He's a heavy dude, so he's naturally just going to be a, a big guy in the pocket. Um, but he's, he's looking a little leaner, and in terms of his, just his confidence, I mean, he had a lot of confidence last year, but this one is it, it's confidence in a direction. Last year it was just confidence that, hey, I'm going to figure it out. You know, now he has a lot of things figured out, and it's more so confidence with direction in, uh, in taking this team to the Super Bowl. Okay, that was Travis Kelsey. At, uh, at the podium at Chiefs practice earlier this week. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. He, first of all, just Travis Kelsey being here for the first week, um, the, you know, the, the first few days of training camp are for uh, the first-year players, including the drafted rookies and the undrafted rookie free agents, the quarterbacks, players who are coming off of injuries like Travis or surgery like Travis Kelsey, and apparently tight ends because all the tight ends were here. Even though they're, um, you know, they're veterans. So Travis Kelsey, as we as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, pieces being in place for the Chiefs. We were talking about Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones specifically. I think you can make a case that the most important piece of this team, outside of Patrick Mahomes, is Travis Kelsey. I go back and forth on that a little bit, just because I feel like you can't replicate the things Tyreek Hill can do in terms of the combination of speed and just his, his pure receiver skills that he's developed. But Travis Kelsey's right there with him, and I could almost mm-hmm. toss a coin. Well, lose Tyreek Hill, and, and, and I think Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, you know, a yeah. couple others, maybe McCall Hardman in a pitch yeah. step up. Lose Travis Kelsey, and you tell me who, yeah. who's going to step in yeah, right it's now. Not, By that measure, you're 100% right. I mean, it's crazy that we've spent the first couple days up here, the biggest focus has been on the backup tight end spot, um, looking at who who would be who would fill that. Because right now, we came into camp, I penciled in Deion Yelder as, making, as being the tight end two. I don't think that's happening. Uh, Blake Bell had a good day of practice yesterday. Looks like he's past Deion Yelder in that. John Lovett, the rookie, I think if they keep three tight ends, he'll be that third tight end. But there's nobody on this current roster that I would feel comfortable and secure with if Travis Kelsey went down. I think that the production from that position would take a huge dip. And he's been a reliable receiver for Mahomes. So if you don't have Kelsey, you're in trouble. I think 
the Chiefs would not be quite as dynamic if they didn't have Tyreek Hill, but I think that they have people who could fill in and, and fill up that production. There isn't anybody to me that could make up that production if, if Kelsey wasn't here. Your, your arguments are great. I stand uh, down. Lawyered. <laughs> I stand lawyered. Um, one thing, it, it, and I, I wasn't here the other day, as Brooke noted with her eye roll earlier, but... Um, there were multiple ones. I've been struck over the last year by what I think is a, a, a rather fundamental change in, in Kelsey in terms of just sort of maturity. Certainly it showed up on the field more last year. Did you guys feel that was reflected also in his uh, in his news conference the other day? Is he, do you feel more and more like that? Yeah, he doesn't um, he doesn't pop off or you know say anything outrageous. I, I think the thing that I got from him, maybe there were a couple of good points that he made, but none of us knew that that ankle had been injured for three years. Three years, years yeah. How about that? And playing on a you know on you know. So he can't practice on Mondays and Tuesdays or has a difficult time practicing on Mondays and, and working out on Tuesdays. They're off during the season on Tuesdays. But, yeah, and then sometimes right after games he's, mm-hmm. he's in all this pain, and nobody knew that. Well, he, look, yeah, I mean, he talked about his ankle popping out and just rolling because the ligaments were so loose. I've sprained my ankle quite a few times. I can relate to that, but I'm also uh, not a professional caliber athlete. Wait, uh, what? I know, it's shocking. Um, I peaked at high school AAU basketball where I rode the bench. But I have popped my ankle out walking to and from brunch in the morning. Um, but I like I, I understand how frustrating that is. When I when he talked about being on the beach in Turks and Caicos with Mahomes and the other receivers and they were running routes, he said there were a couple times that my ankle kind of landed awkwardly in the sand and a year ago he would have popped out, he would have been in pain, he would have had to go watch. And, I mean, I can 100% understand how that would happen. And that moment when you think, all right, well, here it goes again, and it doesn't, that's got to be such a relief. You know we're in the presence of a former Division One football player here, right? I, I am aware. I hear that you're kind of speedy, too, Vahe. I hear that there have been well, some challenges. All I know is that Tyree Kill in the middle of a press conference once said that he thought I was probably pretty fast back in the day. And were you? I have no idea why he said that, but but you look like a it speedster. was asking him about his speed something. No, I wasn't really fast, and Blair knows this line that uh, I think he's leading to this, but the line, ultimately the reason I didn't play was that the coach told me I was not um, fast enough for my size and not big enough for my speed. Oh. So that was a maybe a tweener. But what a gamer. What a gamer what for a this gamer. guy for this guy to play college football through his senior year at the University yeah. of Pennsylvania. And and I and thought it might be going here, but but I did break my ankle in three places, tear two ligaments and dislocate it and require reconstructive surgery. So you've done more I than just have it pop out on yeah, the way to and say, from brunch. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Vahe, let's talk about your rehab process. What's it like when you run routes in the sand? Well, that was a long time ago. And back then, they would keep a cast on you for like four months. And then, then, and then you, your you legs know, all shriveled? Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty awful. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom anyway, of that. Anyway, so um, where were you going with this, Blair? I, I, I wanted to pick up wherever you were leaving. We're, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to bring this in for a landing. <laughs> a pretty shaky one, I think. This was not a Blue Angels caliber landing. We took off like the Blue Angels. We just... Went straight up, and now we're going to just skim to the ground. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're, the, the landing gears got stuck, and we're just going to belly flop. Okay, if that's what we're going to do. That's, <laughs> then, then, then do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Blair. Actually, you may land a lot better than I would. I don't want to 
tell uh, you what your landing's going to be like. Well, um, really appreciate you. I really appreciate <laughs> you guys. Yeah, it's a total farce of a landing. Here's what what it is. Uh, so we should put on our life jackets. Uh, Brooke Pryor, Vahe Gregorian, thanks for stopping by in the first podcast of our new studio. How about that? Uh, pretty, pretty fancy. Pretty fancy stuff. We will uh, be back with another podcast on Monday and maybe one on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Stay tuned. We'll see. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Sports Beat KC, a sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. Big thanks to our producers, Kathy Liu and Leah Becerra. Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com in the print editions of the Kansas City Star on Facebook.com slash Red Zone and the Red Zone Extra app. Today, and then what are we? Uh, Blair says, after everything he writes, too. <laughs> <laughs>